Hi everybody, I'm Jeff Suckendorf, CEO of UTD. I don't even know my name, my company anymore. It changed. <laughs> we did what, that five times. Is the name changed? Yeah, it's UTD Scuba Diving now, not Unified Jeff Team Diving. Well, it's Unified Team Diving or UTD Scuba or UTD Diving. Or UTD with the What? Yeah. You gotta have an official name. It's UTD Scuba Diving. Okay. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Jeff Seckendorf, CEO of UTD Scuba Diving, here as always with our training director, Ben Boss. Hey, Ben. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. And, you know, again, we're spread out all over the place, right? I'm in San Diego. Ben's in Denmark. Beautiful day today. It's a beautiful day here, although the winds were blowing about 40 yesterday, so everything fell over. So uh, we're going to have a really interesting talk today on the advanced class kind of the big picture of the advanced class um, as a, a stepping stone in your training and, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly, the whole thing about an advanced class. And I got on this idea, um, my second favorite scuba diving podcast, after ours, of course, is uh, the Great Dive Podcast by with James Mott, a UTD instructor, James Mott, and his buddy Brando. And they were talking the other day about a, um, somebody who took an advanced class went in the water with a buddy, but no instructor. And this was a super theoretically supervised dive in an advanced class. And it was a train wreck. It, on this story he was telling, they, the two divers got separated and one actually died. Oh my God. And I was like, how could that happen? Yeah, how could that happen on an advanced class? But then, Ben, I asked you about this and you were like, the instructor doesn't have to go in the water in every agency, right? No, in certain agencies, they allow for, they call it indirect supervision, where you have to be at the dive site. And for certain dives, that's, you know, allowed. Uh, obviously, there are boundaries to those kind of dives. So I'm not saying that these guys adhere to the standards of completely. I don't know this story, but I know that if their limits are met, you can actually get away with that. It's a bit strange, but... Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'd say strange. Only... Now, now that's probably one of the most extreme cases of would you call it indirect supervision? Yeah, which to to me is just an oxymoron. The, the, the argument goes that you can you know watch the bubbles and and see if they're following the trajectory or the you know the route they're supposed to be following. That works perfectly well until the bubbles stop. Exactly. And how are you going to coach them if they did go in the wrong direction? Or was it just luck? You know, it's, I mean, there's so many factors. So, so without going down that rat hole. You know, look, we're a training agency. It's like, this just screams lawsuit. It does. <laughs> to me. You know, we have this, this story we tell all the instructor candidates in our IDCs. You know, if you ever have to start a sentence with the phrase, well, your honor you know you're in big trouble. You're in court and you're in big trouble. It's like, you know, well, you know, Mr. Boss, were you supervising your students like the standards say? And you have to say, well, well, your honor. Exactly. It doesn't work. Well. No matter when you start a sentence <laughs> kinda, like that, yeah. it just doesn't work. No. So um, I think we can pretty much, you know, state unequivocally that in our advanced classes, the instructor is supervising directly the students. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't see... I don't see any scenario where that wouldn't happen. But um, so, but so, what is the the traditional advanced class? I mean, you know, we've both taught a ton of them. You exactly. Know. I mean, I think the advanced class amongst certain instructor circles um, in the industry has gotten a bad rep, and and I think I don't. It doesn't deserve that, regardless of the agency, to be honest, because there are many, many, many good advanced classes being taught over there, and I think that bad reputation comes from two 
two main areas. I think A, what we consider now, today, 2021, as being advanced, is no longer advanced when these classes came to light. You know, I mean, look at technical diving right now. A 100-meter dive is something people do just for show, for fun on the weekend. It's not even something they post on Facebook anymore because just a 100-meter dive. Whereas 15 years ago, that was like the limit, you know? It's like, wow, you went over 100 meters? That's like, okay, that's a big dive. And and it, I think it's the same for these advanced classes. When they came about, in general, advanced has always been across the board for all the agencies almost as being the next level after your, you know, first level class, an open war class. It's like a like the jargon in the industry. Open war class is the first entry level class, advanced is the second entry level class. And um, and I think back in the beginning, thirty meter dive hundred feet, you know, was considered more advanced, you know, hundred feet, yeah. But now, a 30-meter dive is, you know, in some countries, you take your open water class and your first fun dive after is a 30-meter because that's where the wreck is, you know? It's like, you know? <laughs> yeah, but boy, you got to look at that. That's that's one of the things I was thinking about, right? So generally, I believe an advanced class in most agencies involves 100 feet, 30 meters, yeah. sometimes night, yeah. some hopefully navigation component. But, you know, where I live in California and the water's cold... You're talking about taking a fairly large group of students to 100 feet, 30 meters in single aluminum 80 yeah. cylinders, often wearing seven millimeter wetsuits and often new divers. Mm. So you start doing the math on gas consumption with that group and your bottom time can be like three minutes. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, there's a there's an advanced dive, advanced dive that um, some instructors do out, out here in Catalina Island. And it takes about 15 or 20 minutes to actually do the swimming descent to get to this wreck. I think mm. it's a sailboat or something. You can barely tell it's a wreck. And then by the time you get there, you know, if you did get proper gas planning, you're at rock bottom. Yeah. And exactly. you got to come up. Exactly. So, so there's a lot of... Know, the, it just seems like a Yeah, trip. there's a lot of fluctuations there. So I think our goal with this podcast is kind of like, okay, if you're listening to this as a student... Um, looking at taking an advanced class at one point, what can you expect and how can you best prepare yourself so you get the most out of your class? And what can you actually demand from your instructor so you get the best you know, bang for your buck? Um, because advanced classes, the way they're set up, um, are usually sold as a dive trip kind of thing. You might as well sign up for an advanced class because it's also five dives and you get five dives or, or a certain amount of dives and happy days. You're an advanced diver, you know, and, and when I walked abroad as, a, as an instructor um, for many years all over the globe, usually that's what we were told on how to sell these classes. You know, we'd have certain people that buy a, a five day dive trip package or something like that. And uh, and if they weren't advanced yet, we would sell them, hey, you know, you should buy the advanced class because you can join on the same dives and become certified at the same time. You know, it's perfect win-win situation. Obviously, most of them, they just did that. It was, it was a little bit more expensive and they had to buy the materials on top. And But they would usually do that because then they got the certification. The downside of doing it that way, I see now 
you know, in hindsight. And when I had the role further on as, as dive leader and, you know, managing certain dive centers abroad, I could see other downsides to doing it that way. Because you're forcing these instructors to to be very differentiating in the group and it's almost impossible you know you get this group that wants to do a wreck dive for the tourist diver it's a wreck dive they just want to enjoy the wreck for the advanced diver it's his wreck dive and he has to get taught some stuff and usually what he gets taught is very thin because there's just no time uh, because people don't want to you know stand there and listen to uh, you know a half hour briefing from the instructor to the student because then they feel left out so it's a very tough spot this instructor gets put in so and i think that's one of the other reasons why the advanced class has gotten a bad reputation because many instructors were put into a situation where they had to downgrade their training to keep the whole group happy um, and i can i can you know i can attest to that myself i can i can remember where i felt like okay i want to give some more to this student and you know the other ones don't get them bored, and all that sort of stuff. So it's it's a it's a tricky situation, and I think we got to pull the curtain off this a little bit because you know we came up with this topic, and I wrote this list of things I want to talk about in the advanced class, and truly it was like super negative. It's like <laughs> there's not enough training, the students don't have enough experience coming in, the instructors are staying on the surface, the you know, they're combining dives where they're not teaching anything just like you were just talking about. You know, it's just like knock it out and and be done and and you were you know, I got a note back from you almost right away when I sent you that. It's like, no, 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 we got to keep it positive in some way so we don't sound like we're just bashing every agency. Yeah. And I agree with that, but I look at this, like when I was a NAWI instructor, you know, when I was taking my NAWI IDC, my, I was basically told when you finish your open water class, sell them an advanced class. They have at this point, zero open water dives without supervision. Hmm. And I just never really understood if we do that, what's the value of getting on a dive boat with, you know... 11 total dives of which zero are unsupervised and then showing that card to a dive boat operator and say, okay, I'm ready to go to 30 meters, hundred feet, you know, in cold water with some current. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I think the biggest problem with that is that is it kind of installs a false sense of false sense of security with the student. Huge. The instructors all well know, okay, he's still a beginning diver. He's still an entry-level diver. You know, he's new. Everything is still new. But the student has been on a course every day, every dive of his career, even though his career is only 11 dives long, <laughs> you know, and then he's advanced, you know, and, and, and he feels like he's Superman. And, and even though he isn't, you know, and, and it's, the same thing goes a little bit for... Uh, for 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 certain other classes out there, but I think especially the advanced class is 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 a beginner class, and it has to be marketed that way, and it has to be installed by the instructors to say, hey, yes, you're out done with your you know if this then that class, your open water class. Like, what happens if my if I run out of air? What happens if my mask starts flooding? What happens if I run out of you know, whatever? You know this this failure scenario class which an open water class is now you're going to do your advanced class actually personally if you completely you know peel off all my hats i feel you've 
only first earned a certificate to dive independently after your advanced class <laughs> because you know that's when when the the important stuff gets taught if it's been taught all properly i think like really okay now you've done some dives as your open water diver let's let's look into that navigation what's it really about because you know uh, we can pride ourselves at utv that when we teach someone navigation it's with that goal in mind that they can self rely on themselves to be able to navigate underwater and it's not because they can navigate a certain figure underwater it's just because they can do a dive and they're being supervised to do a certain real dive and it's not just okay you swim out on a straight line and back you know in, in some agencies even teach compass navigation on the surface believe it or not i mean what's the point in that you can look <laughs> you know <laughs> I had some friends do a dive in out of Los Angeles once. I remember this it was years and years ago, but whoever was leading the dive, it's a shore dive, right? You go west, then you come east. You go to Japan, then you head toward New York. It's not that complex. But whoever was leading the dive had the bezel mixed up or something, and they were they turned the dive and they continued going into the ocean for like 15 minutes until some of the lemmings who were following figured out that, you know, we're not getting shallower here. Yeah. So you know, d d learning how to do a square pattern doesn't help you get home. No, no. <laughs> but so when we started UTD, we tried to put some teeth into this course a little bit as a secondary course for open water. And we called it Recreational 2. And it was a pretty complete class. I think at that point we required 25 non-training dives before you could do it. Mm. And then we added a module on personal skills. I guess we got to look a little bit. So we have our... Uh, certification courses and our completion courses, right? Essentials is the completion package, which is basically teaching you personal skills and completing a class that doesn't give you the ability to do anything other than be a better diver, right? You can't buy more gas, you can't go in a cave, you can't go into all this other stuff. And then we have the certification courses that allow you to do something new. So... Yeah, which up your limits. Up yeah. your limits or lower your limits if you're going down. So we, we look at the advanced course and we say, okay, what are the elements we're going to add to our recreational two advanced course mm. that turn it into a certification course, not just a skills class? And so that's how we differentiated it, differentiated it. And in that uh, idea of recreational two, it was always nitrox, night, navigation, and deep. And you had to do them kind of in that order. Right, so you, first you got the nitrox yeah. training, and while you were doing that, you're getting more gas management and all of that. Yeah. There's a navigation element, so you could get in the water and make sure you could find your find your way home. There was a night dive element, which gave you the ability to get a little disoriented and find your way back to the boat or the shore. And then, of course, there was the deep dive, which in that course was it still is 100 feet and 30 meters. And if you do them in order. You, it, it goes back to our building block system of education, where now we're actually teaching you things that don't require certification, right? Personal skills. Yeah. Well, Nitrox does, but night navigation. But you get to the point where this 100-foot limit, this 30-foot, 30 30-meter 30 limit, does require some kind of certification, and the class had some teeth. Yeah. And, you know, we still have that course today, um, although we've added a class called Recreational 2. So we have Recreational 2 and advanced and they're identical except that advanced is on air and recreational too is had includes the nitrox yeah. training so so i think that class 
if you come to it with 20 or 25 open water, non-supervised dives, you, you actually get quite a bit out of it. On the other hand, if you go to the advanced class out of your open water class, no matter what they teach you, you're not going to be able to retain. No, it. it's it's all about because there's no experience. Exactly, and there's no you know mental capacity. I mean, you gotta you gotta let things sink in. I mean, if we do physical training, we need restitution to be able to get stronger. You know, like you don't get stronger and faster at the point of your training. That's basically when you're breaking yourself down. It's when you at your restitution time. That's when you get to recuperate and build your strength, and your muscles get bigger. And the brain is the same and thing. The same thing is. Yeah. The brain is the same thing, exactly. If you train something and then let it sink in in a couple of dives and then go on to the next one, the next one is going to be so much more beneficial because you look at it from a completely different point of view. So I think the first tip is if you're an open water diver, regardless of the agency, looking to get to the next step to get advanced, go and do some dives at your current level. I mean, there's tons to explore. If you're out, if you're so lucky and you're out in the tropics and there's coral reefs, there's absolutely no point. If you want to look at coral reefs to go deeper than 15 meters, uh, you know. Yeah, 50 feet. 50, 50 feet yeah. is no point because all the light disappears. So go and make a ton of dives there until you really feel comfortable in that area and then move on. And if it's 15 dives and you're comfortable, perfect 20 dives whatever if you need 50 even better you know just take your time there's no rush i think that's the biggest thing we can say and then when you decide to go for your advanced you're probably more in tuned because you've learned yourself a little bit of navigation you've learned certain things don't work and you know the compass might play tricks on you you don't really know why and then you come into your advanced class which are really valuable questions. And, and it just makes your experience a whole lot better. Now, when you look at that and you say, okay, I'm sorry, I keep hitting this microphone. When you look at that and you, you say, okay, what is going, what's going to be my next thing after open water where I have no experience and I maybe am not comfortable uh, going in the water by myself or with a partner or somebody else who just took the class with me five minutes ago what can you do? And I think that what a lot of situations shops and agency offer is the next step is advanced. Mm. So, you know, I would say, let's take a look at what steps are available to give you some supervised diving or some training dives that don't push you into this advanced, quote, advanced level too fast. For us, it's the essentials course, right? So you take the open water certification course, and now you can buy gas. And then you're looking for something in the middle between that and what we're calling advanced or recreational to take an essentials class. It's a personal skills class. It works on trim and buoyancy and gas planning and management and all of that kind of stuff. It doesn't get you deeper. It doesn't get you faster. It doesn't get you whatever. It just gets you stronger as a diver. It just gets you better. Yeah, exactly. And you get to do another, you know, one or two pool sessions and a couple of open water dives under supervision where you're getting a little less supervision because you're expected to be a certified diver and work on your own team and create your own team protocols and everything. But you also at the same point have an instructor there to keep an eye on you and give you that little safety net exactly that you can push a little bit because there is an instructor there. Knock that out, get your personal skills nailed down, and then 
look at what the next course is. And maybe for us, you do some minis, right? Maybe you go do an SMB mini or a back kick mini or go get a dry suit. Dry suit, dry suit mini. Exactly. Very good example. Right. So all of these things. Yeah. And and, I sometimes I explained it. I I remember when I had the dive shop um, on our website, we'd had, you know, the, 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 the main menus on the website and under beginner classes, it would list advanced class. And then I get the question sometimes, it's like, hey, why isn't the advanced class under advanced classes, right? Because it begs to differ, the name implies it to be in that category. And then I open up the dialogue with them, what we've just been talking about for the last 25 minutes, you know, it's like, well, what do you expect from your advanced class? It sounds so big and ominous. But um, I usually explain it, and this is regardless if you're an open water diver going to the next level, or an a very experienced diver wanting to go towards technical diving if if it all depends on where your level is to go to the next one what do you expect from the class and i think if you're looking at or what jeff just said with regards to your personal skills if your personal skills are where they should be you know you can comfortably do these dives you can you know you don't have to struggle with buoyancy control in a free ascend or send up an smb and then just up the line that you go finning techniques can you back away from a little reef after you've taken that picture you know perfect if your personal skills are completely honed and then you take the next class it's just learning the new facets of that type of diving it's not learning diving at that level and that's a you know, it's, it might be semantics, but it's it's a nuance that really, really drives a nail home for a lot of divers that, okay, especially when we're looking at technical diving and, and going that way. If you learn the essentials of tech class, where you really hone in your personal skills about technical diving, then your tech dive class becomes so much more valuable uh, because you've learned how to manipulate valves on your back. And now you get to learn why that's a good thing to know. Right. We've taught you that in a, in, a, in a non-certification class, in a teaching environment, and then you can take those skills into your certification class. But what's interesting, so you mentioned something a minute ago that I'm really interested in, and that was, you know, what are your expectations of the advanced class? And so that leads me to think about what are expectations on both sides, yeah. You know, do you have six dives in a class, in an open water class, you take your advanced class. Now you've got zero unsupervised dives, but you're an advanced diver. So now you've got this card. Exactly. What are your expectations as a diver? And what are my expectations as a boat operator or a dive trip manager or something like that? When somebody walks in with a, an advanced card... And then you fill out the little paperwork that says, you know, how many dives in the last six months? And you write 11 because it's true, you know, but there are 11 supervised class dives and you've got this card that says you can breathe nitrox, go to 100 feet, 30 meters. And are you safe in that scenario, unsupervised? Very unlikely. So the expectations on both sides of this card, and I think this is what's been set up over the past decades, is that the expectations are, okay, I've got an advanced card, I'm an advanced diver, and the boat, boat guy's expectations are, okay, he's got an advanced card he's an advanced diver but the reality of that doesn't match the expectations on either side and that's what i think we have to address in this thing is is giving that card some teeth so you actually have uh, 
you have it mean something. Exactly. And, you know, I, I think exactly. our recreational two card means something at least to the people who know about the courses because of the prerequisites, 20 or 25 unsupervised dives. Yeah. And the fact that your instructor's actually in the water with you when you're teaching it. Yeah. When he's teaching it. And I think the student talk for themselves because I can't remember how many times it happened to me when, you know, they come into our shop and if they've taken certain classes and they end up taking a Rec 2 class and they go on their holiday and when they came back, they're like, really chuffed because they got compliments after compliments and after compliments because okay you know they actually said what you said like the 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 dive operators expected a certain level uh, which wasn't very high regardless that it said advanced you know in, in our card for just to make it easy it says rec 2 advanced um uh, and, and and but the operators could actually see okay wait a minute these guys have had a, a certain of level of training before, even though he's only got maybe, you know, 20 dives in his logbook. He, he can actually, you know, do a dive, you know, without us having to hold their hands. And I think it's so, so much, so rewarding uh, to get these students to come back and, and, and come with these stories. And I think, I think that's, that's where we as instructors as a whole as a, as, a, as a community of instructors should aspire to that, you know, the, the student can revert back to you and say, okay, wait a minute, he taught me something valuable. And you might not get that message across at the time of teaching, uh, but when they go out into the real, you know, dangerous world out there, then they come back and they uh, then they've seen, okay, wait a minute, you've taught me something valuable, yeah? So I think that's what we aspire to, I guess. I think that we can use my wife as an example of this, right? So when I met Sherry forever ago, we went out to Catalina to do a little simple dive. She'd been certified for a long time. She'd been diving all over the world. I don't know how many dives she had, but, you know, maybe 100, which is, you know, for someone who dives once or twice a year. That's good. It's a number. Hmm? Yeah. And we went out there. I think that um, that was a week that Simone um, uh, Nicolini and his his wife Stefania were in California visiting. So I remember Stefania and Sherry and I went out and uh, Kim Cardenas might've been there too. We've talked, you know, we've had her on the podcast anyway. So I, I remember at the, in this kelp thing, there's a photograph of all of us lined up, right? And there's me and then, you know, in decent trim and there's Kim and there's Stefania and then there's Sherry, you know, head up, kicking the floor, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, she, when she looked at the photograph, a day later, she was mortified. It's like, wait, you know, that's not what I'm supposed to look like in the water. No. And she's an open water diver with a bunch of dives. So, you know, we gave her a certain level of skill really quickly, right? Basically, horizontal trim and back kick and got her weights figured out and stuff like that. And she turned out to be, you know, very, very quickly went this little gap between terrible personal skills and awesome personal skills, you know, in a class without a certification card. And the only thing she's ever done in UTD since the beginning, since I met her, was an Nitrox course, hmm. you know, which doesn't add anything to depth or skills or anything. It's a gas management. And, yeah. But I think that's a really good example of someone who doesn't need or care about the card, but needed and cared about her own personal skills. Hmm. And, you know, we could have put her in an advanced class, but she didn't care. What she wanted to do was be more comfortable in the water, not destroy the bottom, 
and and you know in the uh, tons of diving that we've done all over the world since then you know she's she's amazing in the water just calm and horizontal and you know and i, I think that's you know it, it goes back to expectations and motivation right yeah for sure is your motivation for the card because the advanced card because you collect cards or is the motivation to actually learn something yeah and it, i think that's it right i mean for many people the advanced card i mean you know, right or wrong, is it's just, okay, I need a card that says 30 meters because that's what, you know, the boat requires or that's what, you know, the, the dive operator requires or they think without that I cannot go any anywhere that's interesting or something like that. It's, it's usually these crazy, uh, I don't know what you say, crazy rules and... and, and, and reasons people make up to do this well, a lot thing, of that's but... insurance insurance based and you know regulation based or dive operator based right I mean... well that's the other side right i mean i worked for a dive shop at one point where i was the manager and uh, there were certain wrecks uh, where we dived regularly that were just below the the open water level so just just a bit deeper than 18 meters 60 feet or like about a what's that maybe 80 feet yeah, 24 meters. 20 something meters. 24. And usually the the dive, you know, masters that had these people on these trips, they would just say, "Yeah, but that's okay. You know, you can you can join me. It's okay." You know? Yeah, it's okay. It's okay cuz it's only a couple of meters and it doesn't matter, you know, it's easy diving, blah blah blah. You know, you've learned in England, you you're a, you know, you're a superman diver. It's perfect. You've learned in cold water, and then you can do anything. You know, it's also one of this. Maybe we should do a podcast on that because that's something that really bugs me. You know? <laughs> if you learn to dive in Northern yeah. Europe, you can dive everywhere. It's such bollocks. But anyway, so that's that's when I got to talking with the and the manager and the owner of the dive shop. I said, "Listen, we need to sell training. So these dives, if they want to do this wreck dive, let's sell them some training before." And then take him out on the next, you know, couple of days to this wreck. And then they can enjoy it. And he was like, it's a win-win. You know, you get to entice them with the beautiful pictures on the boat in the bar. Saying, hey, this is the wreck we're going to go to on Thursday. It's now Tuesday. You can, we can do a class today and tomorrow. And then you can join us for Thursday. And then, you know, usually that would work. And we could sell them a little class. And they can go to the deeper wreck, you know. And it's perfect. You know, a win-win for the dive shop. But, um, yeah, and, and my goal isn't to change the world on this class. I mean, you know, m my goal is to have an agency that has a, pro a training progression that moves somebody to this point in a logical, you know, progressive fashion and has instructors that understand that this class has some teeth. This class has something to it that's valuable and and not it's not just a sales thing no. and you know in the scheme of things we don't sell that many advanced classes rec twos no no uh, i think you know uh, we saw a lot of essentials and then a lot of people move into this tech recreational field but I don't, you know looking back on the last couple of years there aren't we're not selling a gazillion advanced classes no it's true but i think when you dive deep into the statistics then you can see the people who do take an advanced class or a Rec 2 class with us, they're the ones that also take more the further classes. It's it's always linked. It's rarely it's rare that you see them take an advanced or Rec 2 and then it stops. 
whereas I know for a fact in other organizations the, the statistics were always there the cap was there you know because then you can dive to 30 meters you may take a nitrox class but that's it you know you know what else do I need and then when you get to the next level which is a rescue diver course for some people then there would really be you know regard okay there's a rescue diver over there that's good great but there are still if you stick with certain agency throughout all that there's no experience dives required in between those either so in theory you could go you could do with four dives of your open water class five dives of your advanced giving you a grand total of nine dives and then doing a rescue diver course which is not really some dives but it counts as five dives you can lock five dives in your book so you have 14 dives and you're a rescue diver. And again, it's, it's, it's all fair and well. But the student, poor student, thinks he's Superman. You know, because all he's done is train, 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 train and read books and read books. And he's never got any experience. And it's such a shame that the focus is on. And guys, it kind of ties into the old podcast we did around training for the sake of training, right? Um, it's, it's these card hunting things. And it's just, it has no value. So I think... Again, if if you want to to keep a positive spin on this, if you want to <laughs> get the best out of your advanced class, demand to really learn some stuff. You know, uh, ask your your instructor about real life scenarios and how to tackle them regarding the topic of the dive, because that's in general for all advanced classes out there. They're they're topic based, and this is this is why I kind of I love the program. Is it's such an untapped potential for really giving some value. Right? I mean, imagine, yeah, you're going out for a dive, all you focus on is navigation. When you're going out for a dive, all you focus on is the current, or all you focus on is nitrox, and really, really do a deep dive, <laughs> pun intended, on that topic, and really, you know, get to the bottom of it. Uh, again, pun intended. So, I mean, it makes more sense to really give that value to the student that's focusing on it. Yeah. As a student, just stamp your feet and ex expect it you know i don't know if they still do it but if i recall when i did my advanced course 100 years ago it was i didn't they i did it through patty didn't they have a list of electives and you could pick a b c or d and you could pick like three out of yeah, five yeah. or some crazy thing like that yeah for sure i mean um, it, in patty you had certain dives that were mandatory and certain dives that were uh, uh elective um kind of you know that's that's a good idea, I think. I mean, it makes sense. So so we for a while in UTD, and we, we're not doing this any longer, but I thought it was a pretty good idea. Our advanced recreational two class was modular, and it had the four modules, right? It had personal skills, uh, nitrox, navigation, uh, night, and deep, five, five modules. And we sort of set it up so you could do it over the course of as long as you wanted to, which has been a theme with us, right? With coaching and with slowing down the training. So, you know, it was possible for people to take, you know, six, eight, 10 weeks to do this course. And they would go out on a, on a Saturday with their instructor and they would do the personal skills module. And then they'd go practice that. Then they'd come back and do the nitrox module. Then they'd come back and do the night module and they'd get some dives in the middle of this. We had people who were stretching out this, um, this rec two, recreational two class for months and months and months. And I think that was the best education that people were able to get out of that course because it was interweaving 
training with diving. With experience, yeah, exactly. In a building block scenario. So you're not tossed into, you know, three days, five dives, trying to absorb, you know, navigation and deep and nitrox and night and, you know, fish identification or, you know, fin identification or whatever the hell it is. So Underwater naturist, uh, naturalist. <laughs> naturalist, yeah. So I think that was... We don't we don't have it set up that way specifically anymore, but I know that there, you know, we encourage the instructors in UTD to to really look at not rushing through this stuff. Same with essentials. I mean, you can make essentials last over six Saturdays, yeah, spreading you know, it out, and really get quite a bit out of it. Much more than if you tried to jam the whole thing into three days. Yeah, exactly. And I think, I mean, granted, the the market is moving towards that. I mean students are getting more and more smart so they know they can see where value lies right and you can and i think this attests to what we hear from our instructors all over that more and more students actually contacting them to do a training dive you know hey can i get into water with you i want to train i want you to evaluate my skills on back kick i'm having trouble with this one topic and and well you're doing that with your workshops right well exactly we do it here locally uh, from from yeah, HQ Northern Europe, uh, where we do these workshops that are not tied into a certain class. You know, it's just we usually say, "Hey, get your get yourself materials of the class you want to aspire to to participate in," and then we'll look at what it what it takes to get you to that level, so you get the most out of your class. Which is an interesting training model that instead of having a student say, "Okay, I want to check off this box and this card and this box and this card and this box and this card," what if you sat down with an instructor and said, "What are my goals for the next year, two years?" Exactly, and exactly, and this has brought us to the coaching, right? I mean, well, this is what, how, what the coaching program is all about. But let the instructor figure out with you a, a path to completion for a series of classes that get you to whatever your goal is. Yeah. You know, maybe you've got a trip to the Red Sea and there's, you know, a couple of 39 meter, 130 foot wrecks that you want to see. What do you need to accomplish that? Do you want to get a little decompression time? Do you want to do the whole thing NDL and take our recreational three class, which is advanced like rec two, but with a little bit of trimix in it, you know, yeah, a little exactly. bit of trimix and, and, uh, and 39 meters, 130 feet. So you've, we've got all these options for you, but if you would, if the students and the instructors would just stop rushing, yeah. the whole thing would get better. So, you know, I'm looking at my little list of things that my, my super negative list of the advanced <laughs> class things here. And, you know, I just, every single one of those things, you know, are you safe at this situation? Do you understand gas planning? Are you exposing student to proper? All of these things I wanted to talk about today that you said were way too negative for our podcast, all of them are countered by slowing down. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. They're all countered by stopping rushing, stopping trying to fire on all cylinders to get a card so you can do this. Every, every time I seem to get into a, a thing with instructors, it's always because they're rushing. This guy's going to a boat trip. This one's going to Hawaii. This one's going to whatever. We got to have the card. Now we got a thunderstorm. We can't dive. It's screwed up. We're forcing him through. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, stop rushing. You know, we teach the way we dive. We dive the way we teach. When I go out diving, I don't rush. And I think when you explain it to students, right, I've never had someone, well, 
I can never say never, but some people, they just say, okay, I want to take this class and it should take three days, you know? And, okay, it takes four. Okay, can I do it in two? It's like, <laughs> you know, no, you can't, and, really. And that might know? be not, that uh, might not be this, the right uh, student for some you, people. right? It's like, no, exactly. And it, it, they might not be right for diving <laughs> in, in exactly. general. But, Teach uh, them to fly. In general, generally, when you explain this to people, it's like, okay, listen, I want to really teach you valuable skills that you can grow with. You know, what do you want to accomplish? And when you sit down and talk to them, nine out of ten times, they're like, okay, I didn't know that could be done. You know, they, they, th they think every course is like this set amount of days, take it or leave it. You finish in four days, you finish in four days. And, and, and lately, we've really been trying to push this, you know, internally. So if you are instructors out there from other organizations listening to this podcast, take it to heart, you know, use that in your own teachings um, to... to to prolong courses and say to the student, okay, what do you want to take the next class? What do you want to do? You want to take a rescue diver class. Great. Let's go in the water. Let's make a dive. Can we improve on you before you take that class? You know, this is something they've, I guarantee you, they've never heard an instructor tell them before because it's just, okay, great. Pay here, buy this book, and we'll meet you in three months. What the hell are you going to do in three months? You know? You're going to just sit there, read that book, or you're going to go out and train? Well, we we talked about this. We talked about this a lot when we did the podcast with James on the, you know, the training path and all of that, which is, you know, why do people come to UTD to become instructors, right? And one of the reasons is that we don't do this zero to hero thing. We're not cramming classes down students' throats. We're not trying to you know, take the shortest possible route to certification. And oftentimes we're trying to take the longest possible route to certification. You know, in this environment of diving where conditions are different every dive, instructors and dive masters and boat operators are all different. You need a certain baseline to be able to manage all of it. It's kind of the joke that you were talking about a few minutes ago about, you know, if you can dive in cold water, if you can dive in California or England or Denmark, you can dive anywhere, which of course makes no sense because gas consumption at 100 feet, 30 meters is gas consumption at 100 feet, 30 meters. It doesn't matter, you know, maybe you go a tiny bit more when it's cold. Bad skills is bad skills regardless of where you're diving, yeah. Right, Crashing into the bottom is crashing into the bottom. So I think we get to this point of saying, well, look, you know, UTD scuba diving is about scuba diving education, right? We're here to give you an opportunity to learn, to advance your skills in a fun and energizing way. And, you know, if you get a card at the end, that's awesome. If you need a card for a trip or something like that, Give us enough time to give you a proper education to get that card. You know, we're not the place to call up and say, hey, it's Tuesday. I'm leaving Saturday for Bora Bora and I need an advance card with nitrox, dry suit and scooter. Yeah, exactly. It's just not, we're not the place for that. We're the place for good skills, slow, tra slow training and, and really getting the most you possibly can out of your instructor. You're not going to get that rushing. Exactly. Adding some value, adding some value to the courses. Exactly. And it's also, you know, the experience dives in our training programs is one is a good example. I think um, right now we're about to release some new training programs on rebreathers. So stay tuned for that. It's very exciting coming up very soon. And I had a talk with an instructor from another agency about our program. 
And I said, we add, you know, at the end, there's one day where we do experience dives, where the student is finished with the class, basically certified, but there's two extra dives they do to what we call experience dives. And we have this after almost every class, you know, we have them at the end of an open water class, we have them at the end of technical classes, cave classes, on all levels almost, there is these experience dives to, you know, to, you know, practice and, and put in practice what you've just done uh, without extra teachings it's just a fun dive and he's like yeah but that makes the course a day longer <laughs> yeah it does make okay. the course a day longer yeah but 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 here they can be done in a weekend yeah but it's, it's is it the point to be done as fast as you possibly can it, it circles back to what you said earlier jeff it's like it's this inherent idea in the industry that you gotta get done fast so you can get on you know you know i'm not here as an agency owner, and I think I can speak for you that you're not here as an agency training director to change the world. You know, I just want to change our piece of it. We want to change the universe. Forget the world. <laughs> yeah, forget the world. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just want to change the the people that, you know, I have, I have realistic goals about this, right? Yeah. We are, UTD is not going to be the largest training agency in the world, but we are definitely going to bring to our community our instructors, our students, the world that we can touch, the concepts of proper training, slowing down, getting good skills, don't rush, make training fun. And if it's fun and it's slow, you'll have the opportunity to absorb it. It'll be super easy when you go doing these dives. You're going to feel comfortable as an unsupervised diver pretty quick after your open water class. Um, Part of it's because we do these experience dives, which for me as an instructor, some of the funnest dives we do because, you know, I get to sit back there like the proud papa watching, uh, watching the students figure things out, you know. It's yeah. so nice. Yeah, it, it really ties off. It, it, it's, the, it's the icing on the cake, so to speak, of, of these classes. I really, I really believe that. And then, you know, when we want to ch instigate change, you're saying we're not here to change the world and we're not. We're here... I'm I'm a firm, firm believer of if you can point a finger, that that old saying is like you point a finger, you know, there's there's three fingers pointing to back at you. I really believe that, and, and it's something I take, you know, with me all the time when I'm looking at other stuff being done. And I really hate that bashing on the internet. It's like, okay, hey, who's doing this and this is ridiculous and that doing that. Uh, so always look back at what can you do to prevent that. You know, or how can you improve what you're doing? And if you're, again, if you're out there as an instructor listening to this podcast and then think, hey, what can I do to improve myself? Take it what from you, what you will and, and just improve a little bit and your students will benefit. And that just goes a long way because that student you've taught with 100% enthusiasm and you gave it all you have, you never know, he might turn up to be an instructor that has learned to dive from you. So it's very likely that he's going to apply the same methodology, 100% enthusiasm, all that he's got to their students. And if you gave it 90%, he's going to give 90% at most, you know? So just be careful what you pass on um, because it might, you know, have a negative effect on the whole market. So that that's just something to keep in mind, I think. I always like teaching open water because I would, I was using it as a, a searching ground for instructors. I was much more interested in finding potential instructors 
in the open water classes than in the advanced classes. You can see the people who are into it, whose eyes are lighting up, who are really in, you know, get the community, get the idea of what we're doing. And it's like, you, I think you should stick around with us for a year or two and, you know, get some experience, take some more classes. And let's think about getting you into our leadership program because it's, it's personality and it's, it's, you know, culture and consciousness that brings, you know, brings great instructors. So I think if we had to offer advice, you know, which we are unfortunately doing a lot. Yeah, like it or not. You know, if you go into this, <laughs> like it or not, you know, you're stuck with us here. You're listening. If you go into this whole idea of advanced class, go into it with a super open mind, right? And figure out what the expectations are going to be on both sides when you own this card. And if you want a card with value, or if you just want a card that you could print at home, it doesn't really... I was going to say it doesn't matter, but it does matter. But I, it, what's important is that you can actually, you know, feel like you got something out of this training, that you feel comfortable, you know, gas planning to 100 feet, 30 meters, that you feel comfortable at night if your light fails, that you feel comfortable figuring out your MOD of nitrox, that you feel comfortable, you know, turning a shore dive and not swimming, you know, from where we are in California toward Japan to get home, you know, turn around, go to New York. That's the way home. Yeah, exactly. So, so these are the things I think you can really figure out, define, work with your instructor, and and get this get this level of training to a point where that level of training actually means something to you and whoever you're showing the card to. Exactly. Have an open mind, but afterwards as well, especially I think really important what you said there. And then during the time of certification or the course is hard because you don't really know what you don't really know. But then afterwards, talk to other divers that have a certain level of training as well and compare and see, hey, what did you learn and what did I learn? You know, it's like, okay, maybe, oh, wait, wait a minute, that we didn't cover that. That's interesting. And that way you keep each other sharp. Never and always be, that's what I'm saying, I guess, um, stay humble of the level you are and of the other people's levels they have. And, and, and yeah, that's when, when you can both grow. So hopefully this turned out to be a little more positive than my original notes <laughs> projected it. <laughs> it was going to be a bash fest on the advanced class. But, but I think, you know, you did a good job then keeping it under control like that. Because, you know, I get off on these, I get off on these tangents and it's like, oh, for God's well, sake. You got to bite, your, bite your tongue every once in a while when you see <laughs> posts on the internet. And oh, my God, it's like, it's easy to get yeah, down that well, road. but. I, Try, yeah. Try not to read as much of that as I possibly yeah, can. Yeah, I because, think you know, it's all. It all starts out. It all starts out with you know. When, I think we talked about this when when we started our first rebreather class and we were doing the manual rebreathers. Yeah, yeah. The posts, eighty percent of the posts started out with the phrase, "I've never used a rebreather, but yeah, exactly. You know, I haven't taken an advanced class yet, but here's what mm. I think. So, take the class." Talk to an instructor, figure out what you want out of it, figure out your expectations, sort out the time frame that you can do this slowly. Make sure you have enough dives before you start. Yeah, and go have some fun, right? I mean, that's the point of this. It's recreation. Go have some fun and be safe. That's really what I'm interested yeah, in. Yeah, exactly. Squeeze the most amount of time you can get out of your dives. I mean, that's when you get the most amount of money for your, you know, a bang for your buck. I mean, if you if you're paying a set amount of price for a set course, and the course is being done over two days, whereas you could have taken it over four days, I mean, 
that's more value you know it's if you rent a summer house for a set price and you get it for two days or for four days that's half the price if you get it for four days yeah and if you live in if you live in england or denmark or southern california for sure don't take your advanced class in the caribbean because it's just not going to have any value when you get back here well it's the other way around right i mean there's certain things that you learn in your own backyard and uh, something we haven't touched on but diving in colder climates on advanced down to 30 meters ties into the video we've have on our youtube channel for a couple of years now that diving deep in a thick wetsuit is not really a good idea and personally in the dive shop all of our advanced classes were taught in a dry suit we had dry suits in the shop and it was it's not an option you couldn't say i didn't want a dry suit if you take the advanced class with us in denmark it's you need a dry suit because we're going to dive deep and your wetsuit is just going to compress. We have 7mm wetsuit with 5mm shorties on top in the school and dry suits. So, and and other people was like, okay, but but if they're going to just dive abroad, well then, fine. Then, then just do all the advanced class except for the deep dive. I'm not going to take you to 30 meters in, you know, 12 millimeters of neoprene. No way. Yeah. You know, because no, I know if something goes wrong, you're going to stay in the bottom. So, and then they got the argument, but everyone does that all over the world for years. Oh, God. That doesn't make it right. <laughs> you know? No, it doesn't make yeah. it right. We're, in that world, we're trying to change the world. <laughs> in that little in corner. In that regard, of, exactly. Yeah, we are trying to change the world. So, All right. Well, so thank you for joining us on this one. It, it was a bit of a rant, but, you know, hopefully it gave you some insights into a little more on, on how you can train, how we teach. And uh, certainly, if you're interested in moving your training forward, either for personal skills or for more certifications, you know, let us know. Just shoot us a note at info at utdscubadiving.com, and neither Ben or I will get back to you. And, um, you know, leave us a rating and review. Check it out on Apple Podcasts. It's the best place for us to, to receive ratings and reviews. It helps us. It helps other divers find the podcast. And you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcast. Pandora, Spotify. It's everywhere. All the all the podcast platforms. So. And and keep those questions coming. We've got quite a few lined up now for for some of the next episodes called um, the obscure questions. Uh, we got some good ones now, but we could do with some more. So uh, keep them coming. They're fun to yeah. read. They're really fun to and read. And they're fun to they're fun to talk about. Oh, for sure. And yeah. they're fun to talk about. So, all right, everybody. Well, thanks for that. We'll see you next time and uh, be in touch. Right. Yep. Just see you bye. Bye. Looking inside. Hell is going outside. <laughs> <laughs>